Welcome to Spiel Chicago, the podcast exploring progressive and feminist work in Chicago theater. My name is Smyra Yan, and my guests this week are Laura Stevenson, the casting director for Halcyon Theater, and Rinska Carrasco, who is directing Halcyon's next show, The River Bride. Rinska Carrasco and Laura Stevenson, thanks so much for coming over today. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us. us. <laughs> so first of all, how did you guys find yourself in Chicago? How I found myself in Chicago? I am from originally Dominican Republic in Miami, so I've moved around a lot though, but uh, I finished high school in Miami and was like, Miami is just not for me. So uh, I picked up and came to Columbia College, Chicago for college. And I've been here ever since. I just love the art scene. I love the community here. It's just really fantastic. And I feel like it's a little hard to get in, but once you get in, it's so overwhelming how much love and support you get. Also, as a younger female director who also acts and produce and like, and I like to work with writers, this is the best city for that. So that was kind of like how I got here and why I'm staying. I found myself here post-college. I had gone to a few different colleges and I moved from Oklahoma. I maybe knew four people, um, but I had already lived in New York for my first year of college and I knew I didn't want to go there. Uh, and then I thought about L.A., but I don't know, Chicago, Like I felt like Chicago was just doing the most exciting, uh, meaningful work. Um, and of course, I think I had the dream of starting my own theater company, which of, of course I still do. Um, but I didn't realize, you know, probably 50% of like Chicago theater artists have that same exact dream. So thankfully I was Amen. kind of... <laughs> right. uh, so I was kind of able to hitch my wagon to Halcyon, um, not too far uh, after moving here, I think like a year after moving here, so... That worked out well. When you wanted to start your own company, like what kind of company did you dream of? Oh, you know, I think a lot of the things that I'm doing right now with Halcyon is very much what I envisioned. You know what I mean? Like being such a mission driven theater company, not just doing plays for the sake of doing plays, but really trying and, um, you know, advocating for underrepresented artists and, and that kind of, I guess, more meaningful uh, work, if that makes sense. Recently, Collaboration did a play called mm -hmm. Gender Breakdown. It was great. Which was insane. They took breakdowns that exist and then created this show about how ridiculous these breakdowns are, specifically towards women, like must be attractive, good looking, no one that's not pretty. Like who says this? I know. You know what I mean? No, like, but it was so real. You know what? And the things that they that were told in um like training programs and that kind of thing. Those are all things I was told. And I brought um Brockett, my husband, uh, with me to see it. And he was like, "Is this?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, honey, this is very real." Still, you know. Yeah, it's and it, crazy. It's like if you're Hispanic, you know, and if you are blonde hair, blue eyed Hispanic you are less likely to get cast in something that they're looking for a Latino for because most people's interpretation of someone who looks Latino or Latina, such as myself, is like more a little darker complexion, brown eyes, brown hair. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me so sad because I have so many friends who are from Uruguay, from Cuba, from Mexico that are from this lighter descent. 
And they have such a hard time getting work as Latino artists because they don't fit the quote unquote stereotype, Mm -hmm. which is bonkers to me, which is why I love our play. I know our cast. The River Bride. (laughs) Yes, let's get into it. What I find most exciting specifically just about our cast is that it is an all Latino cast Mm -hmm. and of all shades of color. And for me, that is so important because because that's it, real because it's real that and I reflects feel, the landscape yeah. and i yeah. feel like you might look at some of our cast members and be like oh they're not latino it's like oh but they are yeah <laughs> oh but they are <laughs> and pretty much everyone in the cast speaks spanish we have someone who has one of our leads um flavia she has red hair so it's just like so amazing. exciting amazing bright red yeah. hair and um, freckles and light eyes. And we have Sophia who has like dirty blonde hair and blue eyes. And I'm just like, yes, all the representation Mm -hmm. of Latinos are on this stage of River Bride. And we have Jonathan who is more of the darker complexion. And it's just so beautiful and rich to see a bunch of different Latinos, Latino Americans represented represented in this play. Um, And we do, and the play is a Brazilian it's a Brazilian grim fairy tale. And we also have the honor of having someone whose family is from Brazil and who speaks Portuguese. So it's just like a wonderful culmination of all these beautiful artists that get to do this like really cool, badass play. Right. We're so lucky to have him too. I'm still getting used to the fact that the character is no longer Duarte, that it's Duarte. Let's do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> Duarte, which is crazy. So for the auditions, I mean, for like months and months. Months and months, Laura and I have been talking about like, what are the characters' names? And me being Latina and like, just being like, oh, I'm just pronouncing them like they're Spanish. They're very different. I was like, you know, Helena or Elena. And it's really like, Elena. It's like very different. (laughs) And then like, I I think we were saying Belmira and it's Baumira. It's like, very specific and i'm sure philippe hears this he's probably correcting me in his mind sure no i know i mean like and just the way the portuguese kind of lands in your mouth um it's just really fun it's like senor costa rather than we were saying like senor costa it's just Mm -hmm. very different so um that's been super fun too to kind of deal with you know because that's the other thing too i feel like sometimes people are like oh latinos like we're all the same we all come from this like (laughs) same country and we all have the same culture it's like nah man brazil's big and it's just it's so different from where i come from which is dominican republic we're a little caribbean island and we don't even have our own island (laughs) we share it with haiti so technically we're the hispaniola island we can't even afford our own island so it's like just very different and crazy enough i've been to the amazon so it's like really cool for me to try to remember stories from the amazon and like talk to them about like i got to swim in the amazon river which is insane and super scary and super dangerous. But that's like kind of cool to have that conversation with the cast as to like totally. what I felt and like all these things. So that's well, I got really to cool. like shop on Amazon.com. Oh my God, Laura, so, that's amazing. I know. Thank you. Wait, was this recent? <laughs> it was very recently. In <laughs> oh fact, that's really exciting. Yeah, I get two day shipping and wow. I'm right there with you, girl. <laughs> right there with you. specifically about the casting of the show so what was your process did you reach out to did you just have in your network actors that you knew you wanted to bring in did you reach out to someone else to help you um bring in the actors you were looking for all all of the above really I, i think that we did have a fairly solid network just because we've done uh quite a few plays that require you know 
diverse cast and that's kind of what we try to do um but also we really wanted a, a wide pool um for the show because there is so much new talent in Chicago that we certainly didn't want to limit ourselves. We had lovely connections in terms right. of, first off, I will say Halcyon is really awesome with being aware um, of talent that is not just Hispanic, but just of color in general, which mm -hmm. is just really beautiful to be a part of, especially being a company that isn't run pri pri primarily with um, people of color that for them to not just say, we're going to do a show and this is going to be like our show of color. You know, they do, they always do above and beyond that, which I just want to say, I really appreciate because sometimes Thanks. it's really frustrating to be like, Oh, this is your show of color. And then you have the other show. And that's like really hard to see when mm -hmm. people announce their um, season programming. So my, my friend calls them the diversity hires. <laughs> yes. And it feels like that yeah. because I'm like, yeah. wow, just because I'm, you know, you're Latina doesn't mean I have to play you're Latina in every show. Right. Like if it, you can if, play human woman yes. named Rebecca, hey, human you know? woman yeah. named Rebecca that happens. But so, yeah, so Halcyon has been really wonderful. And then we did reach out to a bunch of other lovely folks in the community. Um, again, just really focusing on getting that new talent in as well, because I think it's just as important that, the actors of color who consistently get work keep doing that, but they were also nurturing this newer generation mm -hmm. that's coming out, especially those students that are coming out of school and that are hungry to learn. And I think um, we wanted to make sure we were tapping into that. So Juan Villa was a really great connection for yeah. us to have and send us new names. Um, but I've also have worked uh, in the, in the community for a long time. And some of the names that we wind up actually casting have been with actors that I've been hungry to work for, to work with, pardon me. Um, so that was really exciting to have this opportunity to get a combination of new actors that we haven't really seen yeah, in absolutely. the industry as much. And then actors that I've been are. dying to work with. Um, tell me a little bit more about this play. What is it about? What is this play about? That's a wonderful question. <laughs> This play is about so much. Um, I think if you would ask the playwright, she might give you a different answer from me. But for me, this story is about taking chances. In life, we have to take choices. I mean, we have to make choices and we have to just go with the flow of things and, and take chances. And if you don't, you might find yourself in a position that you wish you had. Um, and some other really big things I feel like that happened in the play too is is hearing the distinction between talking with someone and talking at someone, hearing someone and actually listening to someone. I think there's also for me, and I haven't, I didn't see the most recent run through, but there's quite a bit of um, finding the strength and being vulnerable. You know, some of the characters have big walls up and of course it's hard to, to trust and to, to know that that's okay to put your trust into someone. And that's and, always fun to watch. And also just like the power of listening to yourself rather than others as well. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, it's more about two sisters learning to trust each other and, and listen to each other and the consequences of, of that, whether it's positive or negative, you'll have to come see the show. Right. Halcyon's last season was all female playwrights correct yeah yeah so we for a very long time we did um 
what was the Alcyone Festival, which was in the summer typically, and it was, you know, four or so plays. Rinska actually directed for two of those, right? Two Alcyone yeah, Festivals? I did. Yeah. So the Alcyone Festival was um, all female playwrights, um, but... Uh, it, it always felt a bit rushed, right? We were, we were trying to produce so many works to try and get those voices heard, but we could never really put the, put the oomph that you would give, you know, like a full production. So we decided to do away with the Alcyone Festival, which was kind of a big risk on our part, um, but we wanted to put more resources and more time into those works. And so our first season after saying goodbye to the Alcyone Festival was an entire season with female playwrights. Um, which was really exciting. I don't, you know, I don't know that it was necessarily on purpose. I think it's just, that's the kind of work that we tend to produce. Can I ask, I was looking at Halcyon's website and mm -hmm. you have these like, I, I'm so like critical of, uh, theaters, like mission statements because so many theaters mission, nobody thinks that they're like mission is ever being completed like they never imagine a world in which like we've done the thing yeah. so it always feels like just filler like we want to bring people to the theater it's like to do what but right. i really like that you guys had these 12 principles and two that stuck out to me were default to transparency and live smarter not harder because those yeah. are the two that i was like oh that's like very evocative and i'm not like you can read it and not know exactly what it means like what does that mean to you like I think that probably a lot of the principles are like that. My default one is actually breaking down barriers because that's mm -hmm. the one that I feel like is the most tangible. And like, you know, we have a portion of free seats to every show because $20 is a huge barrier for some, you know, and everybody deserves to see art. Um, what was it? Works, works work smarter, smarter, not, not harder. harder. I was like, that's a really interesting little mantra for a theater company. Yeah. Like if, uh, I don't know, like a Wall Street bro said that, I'd be like, I know what you mean. Right. What does Halcyon mean by that? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, that's probably all Tony. <laughs> I mean, I can, um, I can apply that. Um, I can apply that to at least like my process in working with Tony as, mm -hmm. as a director, like as an artistic director talking to a director. I feel it's always like keeping things simple and not overcomplicating the story. And I think that a lot of the work that Halcyon does shows just that. These are really big complicated stories that Halcyon tends to produce, but the way, just like the simple things of not overthinking your set, not overthinking um, the costumes, and just really focusing on the story is what breaks it down. So I feel like for me, that particular phrase speaks to the type of work that Halcyon does. Like, I don't know, there's just something that Tony and I kind of go back and forth on is like the most complicated thing is a sim like the most simplest thing and the simplest thing is the most complicated. And it's crazy because I feel that way also about Riverbride because I was like, oh, Riverbride is going to be like easy compared to the Troya, which is the next play I'm directing for Halcyon. And then I was like, oh my goodness, no, there's like an insane amount of complication in this play. I completely agree. I mean, you won't see huge, massive sets most of the time. Um, because it's not about that. It's about the relationships and the people. So that people in our community, specifically in Albany Park, can maybe see part of themselves on stage because that's not often the case necessarily if you're going to, you know, Steppenwolf or something. Um, and then I think with transparency, you can take that very literal. Like there are some things that we do that might be a bit jarring for some audience members. So before the shows, the actors 
are out front in the audience, hanging around, not in character, um, but, you know, welcoming folks, talking to their friends, because you know what you're coming to. You know what I mean? Like you're coming to see a play. These are actors. There's no need to put on the airs of the fourth wall and all of that. And that's a way that we feel like we can really connect again with our audience members and with our community um, and have conversations. So it's the same deal after the show. The actors come back out and they hang out for a while. Occasionally we'll, you know, if there's a student group or otherwise we'll do talkbacks, but we try to make every show essentially a talkback because we're there and we want to engage. We want to hear your thoughts um, about what you just saw. You guys just got a grant from the Artworks Fund. We did. Yeah. That was specifically to explore how aesthetic and venue choice mm -hmm. affect performance and audience engagement. Yes. That's super interesting. Is that like something they were looking for or something you guys proposed? Like how did that happen? It was something we proposed. Um, one of our ensemble members, Danny Snyder Young, is a professor at Illinois Wesleyan. And it's something that we've certainly talked about a lot as a company. What is our aesthetic? How does it affect people? when they're coming into the space. We actually, a year ago now, just renovated the space that we're in. It's finally ours and we can control our calendar. Mm. Um, so it's something that we've certainly always been interested in. Like, how does it affect the audience members when we're, because the actors are out front. So if it's a high energy Friday for the actors, does that affect the audience members' responses to that show? Or if it's raining outside and people, you know, come in wet or whatever. Um, how does that affect their response? So that's something that we've always kind of been talking about as a company. And then uh, Danny spearheaded this idea along with Tony. And we did kind of a trial run with our show, um, Fefu, uh, Fefu and her friends, um, where we had researchers in the audience. And that was part of what we sent in um, to apply for this grant. And then we got accepted. And it's so, so, so cool. So it's um, a two-year uh we just, with American Huang Up, which was our uh, co-production um, with A Squared, the researchers were in the audience members watching you if you saw it and writing down your reactions um, and basically kind of taking the temperature of the room from the beginning to the end and how certain uh, aesthetic factors, environmental factors, emotional factors affected their response, um, which as an actor and as a director, you, you kind of want to know those things and you kind of don't want to know those things because you can kind of control them and you kind of can't. It's um, like reviews for theater. right? <laughs> well, I love like the, the idea of that research is so great because I, I, you know, a reviewer coming on one night, especially like very early in the process, like everyone in theater knows that a Sunday matinee is a completely different performance than a Saturday night show. Right. And reviews never acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. Like they never acknowledge that this isn't a TV show that is exactly the same or that people aren't coming in from the rain or that there isn't a Cubs game. Like right. that's super interesting that now you guys are doing something to kind of quantify that. I want more like Ada Gray reviews. She's just like, and she just responds so personally. Like she acknowledges in the reviews, like it's a really mature thing to do. Like this was my response and what it made me feel, which is like, all anyone can really tell you, she's just the only right. one admitting it. Instead of this is the response. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. The, the direction was this or this actor was this. Mm -hmm. And also it's theater. Like it's it's live art 
in constant creation. Like it, the creation doesn't ever stop just making itself. You know what I mean? So it just seems, yeah, I just wish that sometimes reviews would do what she does and just say, in this particular day, in this particular performance I saw, this was my response to it. And we all have our opinions, but I don't know. Sometimes I, I like read reviews for shows and then I go and see the show anyways. And I'm like, what are they talking about? This was brilliant. Oh, yeah. Do you guys have recommendations for young women who want to get into the kind of theater that you produce? I would say from an acting perspective that you just, you have to know that you love doing this. It's so funny because I had the privilege of studying under Sheldon Patinkin, who is just like theater, Chicago theater. Um, May he rest in peace. And he used to always say this thing that annoyed me. And he's like, if you love doing something else, do that. And I was like, God, that's so yeah, petty. And that that's in mind. so yeah. Yeah. rude. And I was like, this is insane. I'm like, I'm paying all this money to go to this school. And you're just going to be like, meh, 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 meh at me. And then I graduated college and I got into the real, the real world. And I was like, wow, I have to be a working artist right now. And I have to be able to support myself. Mm-hmm. To like eat, pay rent, live life. The amount of hours that you're going to put into a day job just so that you can afford to go onto an audition and afford to miss that shift, afford to call in sick, afford to do whatever it is you want to do, afford to get those headshots. You have to be in love with it and not expect anything in return. We have to work. And if you love it, be happy with what you're doing and good things will happen for you. That's kind of how I personally feel. And then I would say in the technical field, I almost feel like it's harder as a female director, especially one who's young and you can't see my face, but I have like a baby face. I'm almost 30 (laughs) and I look like I'm like 18 or something, which I'm happy and I'm going to keep my genetics and it's great. I'm not complaining, but it can be very hard to be in a room and not demand attention, I mean, not demand respect, but just own the room and say, I am your leader and you are to follow me because you've chosen to accept this journey with me. I I would say um, quite a few things, but being kind to yourself is so, so, so important. Um, and remembering the big picture. Um, a year is not that long in the big scheme of things, right? Uh, and if you start comparing yourself to other people at your age, that's a that's a slippery slope. So try not to do that. Um, I so I recently had um, a girlfriend who is not fresh out of college at all, but she like posted a thing and was like, "What do you do when you know like a project is killing you?" And I was like, I said to her, I was like, "Take a break, take a step back and look at it. Is it really that important? If it is, great, chug along. But you have to remember." life is about balance and you have to take care of yourself whenever you can and if you don't you will crash and burn so so hard and no project is going to be worth that and if you need to take 30 days off or a year off that doesn't mean you're not ambitious that doesn't mean you're not hustling it means that you are smart and that you know that you need to take that that little beat for yourself and that's okay 
And it's also important to not say yes to everything. Yeah, and especially, no yeah, so liberating. I mean, it's especially as a young artist. This is something that I just had this conversation with my coach Janelle, um, Janelle Jones. She's amazing. Uh, but we were talking about this. She's like, it's understanding who you are as an artist and having the ability to say, this is what I'm willing to tolerate and not tolerate when I'm in the process, a rehearsal process mm -hmm. or a film process or whatever it is. And just going back to what we were saying earlier, you have so much power in saying no, mm -hmm. understanding where you are, understanding how much you can handle saying yes to five projects that pay $150 stipend is maybe not so much worth your time. But how amazing is it going to be if you pick one or two of those projects and put your 100% in it yep. knowing that like someone might be able to acknowledge just how talented you are rather than just thinning yourself out and struggling to even manage to do three projects you know what I mean agreed I'm like so freaking pumped right now <laughs> listening to you guys I'm like I can do it I can do anything let's take over the world yeah. right? oh my god <laughs> I will say really quick about Halcyon. I'm super excited that I get to direct this grim Latino fairy tale and that next year I get to direct another grim Latino fairy tale. I am very excited for not only this season, but for next season for Halcyon because I feel like they're doing some really ballsy stuff and I'm so happy and fortunate and blessed to be a part of that. Yeah, no, next season, uh, like the Oregon Trail is the one that's going to be touring for a research project. And I, it's so exciting to to read all of the responses and kind of confirm like what we all know. But like the the nerd in me is just geeking out so hard about the stuff we're we're getting to do. This has been awesome. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so, so much for you coming are. to talk Thank to you. me. Thank you. Thank you. And come see The River Bride <laughs> at Halcyon Theater. It's fantastic. Yes. And take advantage of our free tickets to every show. Let's talk about that really quick. You have a you have a program. Can you just shout it we out do. really quick? Yeah, yeah. So shout out to our Radical Hospitality program. Basically, if you get there an hour before the show, um, we have free seats to every single show we do on a first come first serve basis. All you got to do is write your name down if you get there early enough and you get free seats, um, which is really exciting. We're right off the Kedzie Brown line um, at Wilson and Spalding. There's lots of awesome restaurants around for you to pass that hour. Oh my gosh. And so coffee. much good like falafel. I mean, there's just, yeah, there's tons, Fuh, there's tons yeah. of places you can go and hang out for an hour or you can read the wonderful dramaturgical work that Jen will be posting as well before your journey Ooh, into I can't wait to read that. The River Bride. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. You can find out more about Halcyon Theater and The River Bride at halcyontheater.org. Thanks again to Laura and Rinska, and thanks to you for listening. My podcast recommendation this week is called Fireside Chats with Will Davis. Will is the new-ish artistic director at American Theatre Company here in Chicago, and about every two weeks he sits down with another Chicago theatre artist to talk about something that they love other than the theatre. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. If you liked today's episode, you can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That's super, super helpful. You can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Spiel Chicago. And if you have any questions, comments, or rants, you can always email them to Spiel Chicago. That's S-P-I-E-L Chicago at gmail.com. 
See you at the theater. I've also just always wanted to say sweaty balls on yeah, a podcast. Let's do it. Okay, okay. okay. <clears throat> Wait, reset. Yeah. <clears throat> I really hope you can enjoy my sweaty balls. Oh, thanks, Laura. These sweaty balls are really delicious. Thanks. I don't know what sweaty balls are, but I just wanted to be part of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs>